Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's Thursday, June 25th, and at the time of this recording, we're about one month out from training camp. But hey, who's counting? Oh, wait, we are, as we continue our annual Countdown to Camp series. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. The two of us were both very grateful that you decided to tune in, and we're both super excited for the show that we have in store for you, as it's a two-for-one episode all about the Bears linebackers, both the inside guys as well as the outside linebackers. So Nick, my man, great to be back on air with you like always. Anything interesting happened to you over the past week? Um, For interesting, I guess I did get a new phone, got the Galaxy S25. 5G Plus, I think that's the name of it. It's a handful to say. But also, I think the big thing here, Will, the Jay Cutler finding out who's killing his chicken story has been just going viral all over social media. That's been happening. And then we were just talking before we went live, CBS hates the Bears. I mean, we've seen multiple players be not listed in the top 10 of their positional groups. Eddie Jackson, no Akeem Hicks, Khalil Max number nine somehow, no Kyle Fuller. So that's what's been interesting. But, I mean, I just don't get how CBS can keep doing that consistently to the Bears players. The hate is real, Nick. I mean, the hate, the disrespect is blatant. It's obvious, and I'm taking notes, and you better believe that Bears players are as well. The fact that Eddie Jackson apparently to them is not a top 10 safety in the league. Khalil Mack is like the ninth ranked out uh, edge rusher in the NFL. I think he said no Kyle Fuller on his list either for cornerbacks, which we had the debate, which, you know, Fuller, he's on the fringe, but Mack specifically, Akeem Hicks specifically, as well as Eddie Jackson, definite disrespect, but it's okay, we're a little bit homerish. Of course, we're fans, but I do think even people outside of the Bears' realm would agree that some of these players should be in the top 10, especially Eddie Jackson. That's still ridiculous to me that he wasn't even mentioned in that for uh, for that list. But yeah, that's been pretty much my week too. I uh, told you it has been having a couple fiascos at work, been taken care of, but a lot to get through today, Nick. If my calculations are correct, we have 15 players that we need to discuss in this episode as we get our listeners prepared for training camp. So I know we want to kind of keep this banter a little bit more brief and short. So you ready to kind of dive on in and ready to roll? Let's do it. All right, jumping in, let's still go ahead and just begin with inside linebacker and the first tier. And to begin this episode, let's start with a linebacker who's entering his third year in the league, and that's Roquan Smith. Roquan had himself what I'll call an interesting 2019 season. He was primed to make a huge leap from that promising rookie year. And even though I think Nick and I would both say he had a pretty decent season, Roquan, of course, he had that surprise inactive game early on in the year for personal reasons and really didn't play like himself for a few weeks after the fact. He kind of got into that groove late October throughout November and got his season back on track. But then he tore his pec muscle during that Cowboys game early in December. 
Still, despite only playing 12 games, Roquan finished the season with 101 tackles. So, Nick, despite all the trials and tribulations that Roquan Smith faced in his sophomore campaign, are you expecting him to finally make that jump? And if so, how much of a leap should Bears fans anticipate? Yeah, I think when you watch Roquan Smith last season, you saw, like you said, Will, you saw some good, you saw some bad, and it was just a a weird season for him, missing a game due to personal reasons and then actually getting injured towards the end of the season. So for Roquan Smith, I think this is a big year for him now heading into year three, but you still, when you watch the good from Roquan Smith, that's what should get you excited for this upcoming season, and that he's also going to be tagged with Again, Danny Trevathan there alongside him, but it's just his speed and his ability to get to a hole before a running back does because he watches that much film, can identify where these run plays are going. And obviously, as a in a pass coverage linebacker, I think that you saw a little bit of both in that year last season. So I think for... Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received please hold robots don't know you we do at farm bureau financial services getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation find a farm bureau agent at fbfs.com protect it's your future let's protect it roquan what i kind of want to see from him is to continue just working on trying to get off blocks when offensive linemen kind of get to him because I think that's an area of his game he could still improve upon. But another area is I think I want to see the Bears coaches trust him a little bit more. And what I mean by that is when I was watching film on that Chargers game, I think it was week eight, a lot of those third down and long situations, Roquan Smith is actually coming off the field and Deion Bush is going into the game just, again, for coverage purposes, but... You would like to see maybe this season, maybe it become a little bit half and half where Danny Trevathan might come out and Roquan Smith is the guy, the lone uh, inside linebacker there. It was also the same in that Washington game where the Bears would go when they would add in another defensive lineman. They would take out Roquan Smith as well. Danny Trevathan would be the guy. So I want to see the Bears maybe have a little bit more trust in Roquan Smith because he's obviously a very important player for the future, but I think he has all the intangibles to do so. He knows, like I said, he knows where the hole's going to be out, can make good tackles, and has that speed that we all knew from him coming out of Georgia. But I'm expecting big things from Roquan Smith in now year three. For sure. I think everyone is, and it's right to do so. And you talked about perhaps they should trust him more, uh, especially in coverage. And I think he made a case last year for himself. Uh, In 2019, compared to his rookie season, quarterbacks did target him less. And in fact, their completion percentage also went down as well, uh, 6% less than his rookie year. Uh, and also their yards per completion. So a lot of good uh, progress there from Roquan Smith. In fact, I think out of all qualifying linebackers, Roquan Smith ranked sixth in the NFL with pass rating allowed only at an 86.5. So he was someone that, when targeted, not a lot of success going his way. And he talked about improving tackling and getting to the ball carrier. He missed 13 tackles as a rookie. We noted that. We dotted that down. We discussed. Last season, he only missed four tackles. Great improvement, and he should only continue to get better in that regard. But for a third-year player, another year in the system, I think Roquan Smith, like you said, Nick, he should be more dangerous due to being more comfortable. He should be able to rely more on those pure instincts, something he was known for a lot in his time in Georgia. We've seen it really in spurts, but I would say it got really consistent throughout November last year, and that's the Roquan that I can really see him building upon and taking just another step on top of that. So really, Roquan Smith should improve in all areas of his game. But one area, Nick, where he didn't have the same numbers was quarterback pressures and sacks. He had five sacks as a rookie, only two last season. When you go back and watch Roquan Smith Was he just not as efficient as a pass rusher, or did Chuck Pagano utilize him less as a blitzer uh, and, of course, limiting those opportunities compared to his rookie season when he was under Vic Fangio? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both there, Will. Um, Obviously, Chuck Pagano came in with a different kind of scheme, but very similar. And like I was saying, 
there were certain areas where Roquan Smith wasn't on the field due to the circumstances of the down and distance and the situation in the game. So I don't think we saw as many of those double A gap blitzes that we saw Trevathan and Smith doing, you know, a lot when, when Vic Fangio was a defense coordinator, but I think that's an area where you can expand and utilize Roquan Smith's speed and ability to find holes just to get to the quarterback. So I think it was, again, uh, under a new defensive coordinator, but I think Chuck Pagano was trying to feel what is best for Roquan Smith. And we just talked about, he had a little bit of a strange year in his second year in the NFL, but I would I would want to see, you know, Trevathan and Roquan Smith going on more of those inside linebacker blitzes, those double A gap blitzes, because they seem to have worked in the past. But I think it was just a little bit of Chuck Pagano kind of getting a feel of what is best for Roquan Smith. Sure, yeah. I think I saw I don't have it written in front of me, but about thirteen or so less blitzes for Roquan his second year compared to his rookie season. So it just really depends on how they want to utilize him. And like you said, Nick, those were usually impactful. I mean, that was one of his very first plays, if not, was it his very first play in the NFL, making the a sack there against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, coming in off of a blitz. We know he can do it. He has that skill set. And it'll be interesting to see with the pass rush that we're going to get to when we talk about the outside linebackers, if they can sprinkle in a few of these key blitzes with the inside guys, it should really make things real dangerous for this Bears defense. But let's go ahead and let's move on to Roquan's counterpart, Danny Trevathan. Trevathan put together his first full season as a Chicago Bear in 2018, but unfortunately the injury bug bit again last season as he ended that year on November 10th with an elbow injury. Now this offseason, the Bears decided to keep one of the longest tenured players on the defense by signing Trevathan to a new three-year deal. But when healthy, we know Trevathan, he can play at a very high level. He had more tackles per game than he did in 2018 last year. It actually went up from 6.4 up to 7.7. And he was also a four-speed reckon with against a run where he was eighth in the NFL with a run-stop percentage at 10.3. And one area of his game that did take a little bit of a hit was coverage. Trevathan allowed a completion percentage nearly 20% higher than in 2018 at 87.5. So, Nick, obviously a lot of good progress for Trevathan, a little bit of a lapse in coverage, Pun kind of intended, but he's a 30-year-old guy. I think we know what we're going to get out of him. He's not going to really change his game all too much, but what should Bears fans look for out of Trevathan in 2020? Yeah, I think it's just more consistency, like what he's been showing ever since he got to the Bears. Yes, you would like him to be on the field a little bit more. Like you said, Will, 2018 was the only season where he actually played all 16 games, but when Danny Trevathan is on the field, you know you're going to guy that that's going to have great vision, be able to locate running backs in the backfield, find the right hole, very similar to Roquan Smith. And that's why that tandem really does work. And that's why I think the Bears ultimately decided, let's bring back Trevathan over a young player, Nick Kwiatkowski. But for him, I wonder if his coverage numbers, yes, they were down, is because he is having more opportunities to be that linebacker in coverage. Like I was just saying, there are times where Roquan Smith wasn't mm. on the field. So it's it's interesting that Chuck Pagano decided, hey, let's ha- make Danny Trevathan the cover linebacker in these third and long situations at times. Not every single time it happened, but there's more opportunities to obviously give up a catch or be targeted and things of that nature. But I still like Danny Trevathan as a cover linebacker. I still think that's one of his strengths, even though he wasn't as good at it. Where I do want to see him maybe improve upon obviously look he's a veteran and maybe this is kind of out of the realm but there are times where he's a little too aggressive kind of over pursuing uh with the line is kind of shifting one way there are these backside holes that kind of happen and as a linebacker you just have to be a little bit more patient at times watch the eagles film that will show just very the the holes that were happening between both of these linebackers and why you need to be patient as, as an inside linebacker because big plays are happening all game against them. But I think that's one area of his game where I want to just see a little bit more patience out of Danny Trevathan. But when he's on the field, the defense is clearly better. They have a vocal leader. He's a guy that gets people in the right place at the right time. And I think that's why ultimately you want Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, uh, you know, for the years moving forward. And that's why I think the Bears kind of made that decision. Well, let's talk about them as a duo because they have some continuity here. This is going to be the first time in Trevathan's stint in Chicago that he's going to have the same partner for three years in a row. And of course, for Roquan, Danny Trevathan, besides, you know, injuries given, 
it's the only counterpart he really has known besides having to fill in uh, with Nick Wachowski a season ago when uh, Trevathan went down to injury. Um, but what do you kind of impact do you believe this familiarity can lead here to in 2020? Because we already know year three players in the NFL usually take that jump. Things start to click. And I believe Roquan being next to Danny Trevathan should only help both of them. Uh, of course, Roquan to really make that leap we're talking to. So what kind of impact do you think that's going to make? Yeah, just having those guys in the same now in the same defensive scheme for year two, and then just having the continuity of being there, I think you could just see them both playing even a little bit more faster than they have in maybe just a year before because now they know what Chuck Pagano can do. They obviously know what each other can do. So you're going to see these linebackers hopefully become freed up because of the defensive line in front of them just making even more plays. And I think that is what is so great about these linebackers. Yes, they can cover ground and cover, you know, guys, just uh, just receivers or tight ends when they go out for passes, but I really like these guys as downhill guys just filling in gaps and cleaning up the running backs that are going through the holes and having another year of that same just continuity. I think you're just going to see both these guys playing really, really fast and instinctive and just aggressive. So I think that's what you want to obviously see out of your two inside linebackers, but it should be a big year because this defense is now coming together after another uh, their second season with Chuck Pagano. So continuity all around is going to do mm-hmm. big things for this Bears defense. For sure, yeah. I think best case scenario for the Bears, of course, like you said, is to keep these two together. And I believe this season you'll see them playing as one, sort of speak. You'll see them as one cohesive huge inside linebacker right there just clogging up the middle but they should be able to read one another uh non-verbally and just knowing where everyone should be uh the timing will be there so yeah the continuity like from your big bear hugs to the little notes you leave in your kids lunches it's already obvious you're an amazing mom but there's one thing you can do to be even more amazing quit smoking because when you quit Not only does your risk of heart attack, stroke, and lung cancer decrease, your kid's risk of asthma, bronchitis, and ear infection does too. It's a win-win. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit quitlineiowa.org for a quit plan that's right for you. Quit for you. Quit for them. Brought to you by the Iowa Department of Public Health. He said, and I believe a lot of fans would agree, uh, is a really positive thing that this Bears defense has going for it. But all right, let's go ahead and take a look at the second tier of players who are going to be battling to earn the right to be the backup. You have Joel E.A. Booneyway. He's entering his third year. He has had only 26 total defensive snaps, three of which came last year. Then you have Josh Woods, former defensive back out of Maryland, converted to linebacker. He appeared in nine games last year, only played on special teams. And then you have Devontae Bond, signed last year after Roquan's injury. He, too, only appeared on special teams. So, Nick... Uh, I miss Nick Wachowski and Kevin Pierre-Lewis. That would be my first statement after reading uh, that trio there. We all knew this entire offseason that we're going to have a rather large hole to fill based off of Nick Wachowski and Kevin Pierre-Lewis. So do any, any of these three players stand out to you more than perhaps the other to be, quote, that guy to me, this is something we're going to just have to watch play out in preseason. Yeah, I think that's going to be huge for these tier two guys. And you got to look at a guy like Joel E.A. Buniwe, a fourth round draft pick. Then you've seen some of these fourth round draft picks in Ryan Pace's tenure here at Chicago could be big time contributors. And not that every player is obviously the same and where they're drafted and things like that. But this has to be the guy that the Bears are kind of looking towards being somebody if, you know, God forbid someone were to go down that he has to step up because there is no, like you said, Kevin Pierre-Lewis. There is no Nick Kukowski. Joel E.A. Buniwe and Josh Woods would be the first two guys I would think would come in if something were to happen to quick, uh, to Roquan Smith or Danny Trevathan. So they kind of are forced into that role. And I think that's best for their careers, really, because we can't keep just seeing these guys not doing anything. We actually got to see them on the field. And that's why preseason is going to be huge for them. But like you said, both these guys are Joelle Buniwe and Josh Woods primarily. It's just special teams. That's where they've made their living. And Josh Woods was a practice squad guy in 2018. So it's a lot of just unknown with these guys. But I guess we'll see come preseason. And then hopefully hopefully we don't see them in the regular season. We'll be completely honest. But right. that's where we're going to have to see what these guys can actually do. 
Yeah, and like you said, not a lot known about these guys and what they can provide on the field on defense, but we still have a tier three, so let's go from the unknown to the more unknown, the lesser known, (laughs) and we have two more players here to discuss. We have Keandre Jones, another undrafted free agent out of Maryland, uh, just like Josh Woods the year before. Last year, Jones played as a grad transfer after really seeing time at Ohio State. Uh, During that grad transfer season, he racked up 15 tackles for a loss, led the team with seven sacks, enforced three fumbles, and 74 total tackles. Then you have Rashad Smith, an undrafted free agent out of Florida Atlantic, known at his time uh, over there as a tackling machine. Uh, throughout his collegiate career, he has 302 total tackles and had two seasons rated 11 or more tackles for a loss to go with six interceptions over his last two seasons. Smith was the defensive MVP at the Boca Raton Rat- Bowl. Don't know what that sponsor is, but... They need to work on some brand recognition and awareness. I guess that's why they're sponsoring a bowl game. Um, but, Nick, out of these two undrafted free agents, obviously we hope at least one of them turns out to make this roster. Uh, I mean, of course, best-case scenario, they're a future Hall of Famer. Never going to happen. Well, it could happen. But we'll find out more about them this preseason. But who do you have your money on? I'm going to go with Smith just following the production trail here, seeing what he did throughout his time in college compared to Jones, who – didn't have a lot of production until last year as a grad transfer. He's already a little bit, he's what, four or five years older than some of those freshmen out there he's going up against. Uh, but with someone like Smith, who has been able to be uh, productive throughout his time, albeit at Florida Atlantic, it's a little lesser competition than the Big Ten. I'm just going to follow the production here and say we're going to go have another R. Smith at inside linebacker. Not giving my official production yet, but just a thought. How about you? Yeah, that would be, I also went with Rashad Smith as a, a guy potentially that you maybe should look out for. But honestly, with these two guys, they're in this tier for a reason. Um, Obviously undrafted guys and Rashad Smith did have some production um, at Florida Atlantic, but it's, it's tough to even make this roster, even with a depleted, you know, depth, I think uh, right now for the bears, but I'm not going to put my money really on like I, I guess Rashad Smith gets a little bit extra if I had to go with one of these two guys, but we'll see come a little bit later who I actually have making the roster. Yeah, we're not going to spoil this one today. So anything else on the inside backers, Nick? I Again, you and I were talking before the show. When we get to those final five, there's not a lot to grasp at here. So really expectations are small, minimal, and we'll let them exceed him, but yeah, I really miss KPL. I miss Nick Kwiatkowski because that depth was something that I think we took for granted last year. Of course, it came to light due to a couple of the injuries we had here at the position. But like we said, Trevathan has had injury issues. Roquan, of course, last year, I'm not saying that he's going to be injury prone, but we've seen it happen. And obviously, we don't want to get in a situation where one of these guys has to play extended period of time this season. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, we just knew what we had behind the two starters. Now we really don't. The KPL was obviously a veteran, and we've seen Nick Kwiatkowski fill in at times. Now these are young guys, and they there's a learning curve, obviously, to go with that, but they have to learn at some point. We just we really just don't want to see it next season, to be completely honest, but we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. For sure. All right. Well, we're halfway through the show, which means it's time to hand out a few shout outs of people who have left some donations for our podcast over this past week. We have three that have came in. The first one comes from Lewis from Woodridge, Illinois. Lewis, I know you've been a fan of the show for some time now. Always seeing your name come through on social media. And I just wanted to say thank you for the support over the years. It's always appreciated and it never goes unnoticed. So thank you so much, Lewis, for your support. Up next, we have Lee, all the way from South Wales, United Kingdom. And I love to hear more from our listeners all across the world. Super surreal at times. I really swear it is. But Lee, I know your generous support really means a lot to both Nick and myself. And I'm glad and proud that you find our show worth your time and that donation. And if I ever make it to the UK, I would love to meet up and grab a pint. And just want to say thank you again, man. And then last but not least, we have Eli from Charlottesville, Virginia. Eli, I want to say thank you so much for showing your appreciation for our show by leaving a donation over this past week. Uh, We really do appreciate it. I know Nick got a new mic. I got a new mic over this past few months. And I know over all the donations that we've had over the last three weeks, uh, it really does help us offset some of these costs that are out of pocket. 
And if you're wondering, hey, how can I support Will and Nick at the Chicago Audible? It's really easy to do so. Uh, you can hit us up on Venmo at the Chicago Audible. Uh, it's the username. You'll see Nick. It's your name and your profile picture, right? Or is it Chicago Audible for the picture and they'll see your name? That's exactly right. You'll see my name and then the Chicago Audible logo. And then you can go to chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal, and you can leave a donation on PayPal as well. Uh, as I mentioned, all of our costs that uh, include streaming this show live, keeping our website alive and active and hosted, um, as well as some equipment purchases, all come out of pocket for us, Nick and I, and any little donation we can get to help us. It uh, goes a long way. So a $5 donation earns you a shout out on this show. And of course, you get to hear us uh, patch you up, show some appreciation. And I'm just thankful that Nick, you let me run this one this week because you've had it for the last couple of weeks. And it's, it feels good to show some appreciation to some of our you know loyal listeners who do take a little bit of time to show some of that support for us. I'd love to give back to them too. Yeah, I was just being a little selfish, just wanting to give those, you know, shout outs to all these people that have donated. We like Will said, we really appreciate it. And also, again, if you're a small business owner and you also want to get that more exposure, feel free to also hit us up. You can hit send me an email and Moriano at ChicagoAudible.com, Will at ChicagoAudible.com for his email. And again, it's just using our platform to help you guys, you know, again, to get more exposure for your business. We're, we're definitely um, more than happy to do that for you guys. But again, thank you so much from the past. It's almost a month now, I think, since we started this, so roughly mm-hmm. a month around there. And we, we can't thank you guys enough. So um, again, we want to keep doing this just to show you guys uh, our appreciation for supporting the podcast for a couple of years now. So it's, it's been awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, entering season six here, Nick, on the show, your fifth season. So really it's the the fifth real season of us covering Bears football. It got real once you got here, but really excited for what's in store for us. But let's go ahead and get back to the grind, and it's time to bounce out to the outside linebackers. And obviously, you must kick things off with the one and the only Khalil Mack. Last year, we did not see the type of production that we'd expect from the highest-paid defensive player in the league. We saw him have his first single-digit sack season at 8.5 since his rookie year. We also saw Mack have a career low, eight tackles for a loss, which his previous career low was 10, which was set in 2018 here in Chicago as well. Now, I'm not going to harp on this. Uh, We all know Khalil has all the talent in the world, and we've seen it as well. Uh, We've talked about it extensively on this podcast, just how hindered he was due to not having someone opposite of him who can draw some sort of attention from a pass rush perspective. That and plus Akeem Hicks going down early in the season did not help. I mean, you can just look at the numbers. In the three games before Hicks went down, Khalil Mack had 4.5 sacks. In the remaining 10 games after Hicks went down, Mack was only able to muster four more sacks for the entire season. Now, Nick, I hope you can tell me why we should expect much more for Khalil Mack this season, because to be frank, we just need to see the output. We need to see more production, and I understand that Mack affects the game in other ways. Teams tend to give him doubles and triples. They move the pocket as far away as possible from him, and I get it, but in order to justify the trade, and more importantly, the contract, we need this guy to be a double-digit sack and tackles for a loss player. We thought we'd see steps forward in 2018, I mean 2019, excuse me, but instead we did go a little bit backward. So Nick, my question for you on Khalil Mack is, will he get back to form here in 2020? And if if so, how? Absolutely. You just got to look on who's on the opposite side, and we'll talk about Robert Quinn a little bit. But I think with Khalil Mack, he was still... I think a productive player for the bears. No doubt. The only thing that you really don't want to see, there was again, the Los Angeles Rams game. He he didn't appear on the stat sheet. There were also a couple other games where it's just one combined tackle. You can't have that. I think it was the second game against green Bay where he's not maybe creating the impact that he should. He's Khalil Mack. He's one, he's what number two best defensive player in the league, maybe behind Aaron Donald and number. Don't ask CBS number. I was going to say, don't ask CBS. Absolutely. So <laughs> I think with Khalil Mack, every single opponent knew they just needed to stop him. Without an Akeem Hicks really causing penetration through the middle, you didn't have to worry about the other guys. And they knew Leonard Floyd couldn't really win his one-on-one matchups. That's why he's not here. So there's so much attention, so much focus on just stopping Khalil Mack. Then you stop 
almost really the Bears defense because it just wasn't the same without having the pass rush that it did and the players around it. So I think Khalil Mack's going to be just fine. Well, I don't really have anything to worry about because of his counterpart on the other side. And he was still doing things that only Khalil Mack can do. When you go back and I just watched the Giants game, for example, what what Khalil Mack likes to do to set up some of these tackles, he will line up almost a yard outside of the, out of the tackle, and then instead of going right directly at him, he kind of goes upfield to kind of get the tackle to go with him, and then out of nowhere, change direction, puts his left hand into a right shoulder of, it was Nate Solder, the left tackle in that game against the Giants, drive him back into Daniel Jones, and one play it was just an incompletion to get off of the uh, the field on third down. The other one, he causes a fumble. That's Khalil Mack, and that's what you should expect to see from him. And I think more often and frequently, now that he has a productive, dominant, and really an established pass rusher on the other side, you can't double and triple team Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, and Robert Quinn. All I could say is good luck for opposing offensive lines because there's just no way that you can possibly do that. But I think Khalil Mack's going to be just fine. I know he had a down year. There's a lot of teams that just wanted to take him out of the equation. And for the most part, some of them did. But I just don't see that happening for a second season in a row. Not with not Khalil Mack. He's just a very motivated guy. We heard, who was it? Um, Ted, I think it was Ted Monachino. I think uh, the linebackers coach or whoever it was talking about Khalil Mack and the motivation that he has right now. If that guy is motivated... Like I said, good luck. It's it's not going to look good for opposing offensive lines. Right, exactly. I think it would be doing our entire fan base a disservice if we, for some reason, did not have high hopes for Kalimak. You have to have high aspirations. He's the player, uh, there are a few in this team, that you have to set the bar extremely high, and you have to hold him up to that standard. He is just that caliber of a player, uh, both inside and out, through and through. He really is. But, Nick, you alluded to it. A lot of Mac's success is contingent on Robert Quinn. Quinn signed a five-year, $70 million deal with the Bears this offseason to upgrade from Leonard Floyd. Well, the Bears didn't say they're upgrading, but we all know they are. Quinn, he has proven that he can be impactful in his own right. Last season, he had 11.5 sacks, 22 quarterback hits, and two forced fumbles. Additionally, Quinn has recorded at least four sacks each of his nine seasons and has had double-digit sacks four times. The closest Leonard Floyd got to double-digit sacks was seven, which came in his rookie year. And that is the same number that Floyd had over his last two seasons combined with Khalil Mack on the other side. Now, Robert Quinn, he is also able to get the quarterback uh, consistently. He had a quarterback hit on 10% of his rushes a year ago. And, the, uh, of course, maybe quarterback hits aren't as sexy of a stat as sacks, but they can be just as impactful. He also had the fourth most quarterback pressures in the league with 50. There's a lot to love about Quinn's game and what he brings to the table as a pass rusher with his tremendous speed off the edge and also that ability to convert that speed into power. Quinn has always been better with a superstar guy on the other edge. And Mac, as Nick, you really alluded to, he needs someone to draw more attention and fear crashing down the opposite edge. This really does seem to be a perfect pair. Mac needs a sidekick and Quinn is best served when he has a superhero to partner with. So, Nick, I'll stop gushing here. You know, uh, Robert Quinn was my number one offseason move. You thought it was Nick Foles, and we can agree to disagree on that one. But it's time for you to kind of join in on the action. What type of impact should we expect from Robert Quinn on this defense? Uh, We talked about it for our secondary episodes, that the pass rush revving up is going to help everyone. So how does Quinn help the other 10 guys on the field, but perhaps most importantly, number 52? Yeah, so with Robert Quinn, just watching his film, I think the big thing with him and what he usually is his go-to move is just, you talked about that speed off the edge. He's incredibly quick to jump off the snap, and that puts tackles in a bad position to either want to go out and try to extend themselves from the, the other offensive lineman and then to just get beat around the edge because Robert Quinn is so good and able to bend and get to quarterbacks. And another move that... Look, Aaron Donald stole this move from Robert Quinn. It was really, it's called the Jump Chop Club. Uh, Aaron Donald was talking about it on the NFL Top 100 show, saying, yeah, I stole this from Robert Quinn because he got 19 sacks in a season using it. And basically all this does to tackles is he, Robert Quinn will go speed rush, jump in the air, kind of get that tackle to go and try to block him. But when he comes down, momentum brings him forward. He's able to bring down the tackle's arms and get by a quarterback again. That's a move that he loves to use, and I think that will 
play dividends here in Chicago if he gets those one-on-one matchups because people are going to be blocking Khalil Mack. I think with Robert Quinn, teams, but teams also just have to put guys over there. If you need to put, you can't put, like I said earlier, double, triple teams on both these guys. So you're going to create more one-on-one matchups for either one of these guys. The only thing, though, that not that I'm worried about it. It's like, how do the Bears kind of adjust to Robert Quinn? He likes being a quote unquote, like a four, three defensive end hand in the dirt and plays on the defense's right against the left tackle with the Bears, Leonard Floyd and Cleo Mack. They'd switch sides a bit and they were pretty. It was almost even, but it's it's got to be something to where Chuck Pagano, Robert Quinn, Matt Nagy, they all talked about it because Robert Quinn chose the Bears. He didn't. He could have gone anywhere else. So they just got to see how they're going to make it work because Robert Quinn's even talked about it, um, referencing a article from Jason Lezier, now the Chicago Sun-Times beat writer, but he was also doing it for the Dolphins. Robert Quinn said, I love rushing from the right side at the left tackle. I love being on that side. And he does. When you watch his film against the, uh, with the Cowboys, with the Dolphins, that's where he primarily lines up. You don't see him shifting out. You don't see him dropping back into coverage. But that may be something that Chuck Pagano will make him do. Hopefully it's not too often, though. But I just see Robert Quinn's strengths. And with the players around him, he's going to help Cleo Mack. And like you said, everybody else, because he's going to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. I just don't see how this back tra- back backfires in any way. Robert Quinn's a great player. If Aaron Donald's taking moves from him, that's how you know that you're a good player. And Cleo Mack can maybe do the same, get that little chop club block because if, <laughs> if it's good enough for Aaron Donald, it's good enough for Cleo Mack. But I just see this tandem really working out here in Chicago. It's funny. It's like you're almost peeking at my notes because up here I wanted to discuss both the hand of the dirt and the direction where he lines up because we talked about that, I think, on the free agent reaction pod. Uh, when he is a stand-up rusher, uh, he gets about 11 sacks per year. I mean, sorry, six sacks per year as a stand-up guy. But when he is hand in the dirt, he averaged 11 sacks per year. His output nearly doubles. And we've seen it, you know, Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, other edge guys in this defense, they can put their hand down. We've we've seen it happen. So is it something that they'll just allow him to do? Is he going to be forced to stand up? Those are, you know, questions that we kind of need the answers to. And we'll get those here in due time. And then on top of that, uh, which direction? Because uh, Quinn, it's vast majority, 95% or more of his snaps are coming up on that right side. And we've seen him switch around, but I do believe Khalil Mack plays better when he's coming off the left. Uh, I talked about that in that episode as well, and I'll stick to it here. So I think even though they have switched in the past, they still may do it from time to time. Uh, both of these guys with Cleo on the left and Robert Quinn on the right, it will really put this team in a pretty good situation uh, moving forward. And for Nick, one other question uh, that I wanted to ask you about Robert Quinn is what about coverage? Because we saw Leonard Foy play a lot of coverage, but that's not Robert Quinn's skill set. Uh, he's only had eight targets in his career just to show you know, nine years. He's only had eight targets thrown his way. It's not going to be something he's going to be asked to do, shouldn't be asked to do. How's that going to really impact the defense from a schematic standpoint? Because obviously you don't want Khalil Mack having to be the guy to drop back in coverage. So they're going to have to make some adjustment here. Any initial thoughts? Yeah, so I don't I don't want to see Robert Quinn in coverage because, like you said, eight targets in an entire career, that's, again, not a good enough sample. That's like one per year or something like that, right? But Robert Quinn, I think what, what it's going to happen here, like I said, they must have had some kind of talks like this is going to be a good fit for you. The Bears just might run some more nickel defense and taking out a defensive lineman and then bringing in a nickel corner or bringing in Deion Bush as that, you know, the big nickel, right? I think if you were to run more out of those those kind of coverages and not your base 3-4 defense, you're still allowing, again, enough coverage, but you're still letting Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn do what they do best, and that's apply pressure on the quarterback. That's the one way I could see this possibly working because – if Chuck Pagano is going to experiment, be putting Robert Quinn now on the left side in a stand in a two point stance, and then drop him into coverage, you're taking him out of his element and not getting your money's worth for him. Look, he's he signed a five year, seventy million dollar deal, thirty million guaranteed, and his fourteen million dollar per average is eighth most in the league. You want to see him rush the quarterback? That's what. He's here, and that's why Leonard Floyd is gone, because you couldn't get any production out of him. 
I don't want to see him really experimenting too much with Robert Quinn. Let him do what he does best. If he has to play more nickel, so is the entire NFL. That's been that's kind of more of the base coverage now is really having five DBs on the field. So that's what I think Chuck Pagano, this Bears defense, will adjust to allow Robert Quinn and Cleo Mack to do what they do best. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the second tier as we are hoping to find a player or two that can be productive parts of the rotation and the pass rush equation. Uh, and I believe this is more important than some Bears fans may think. Khalil Mack played an 86% of defensive snaps a year ago, so you're looking at about 150 plays without him on the field, which is about nine per game. Robert Quinn has averaged somewhere around 640 snaps per season over his last three years. That would only have been 59% of the share last year in Chicago. And with Quinn already at the ripe age of 30, it may be counterproductive to heavily increase his snap share really all too much, although a slight increase is probably warranted given that contract. So let's just say he plays on 75% of defensive snaps, which to me is pretty generous. That would be his largest share since 2014 on any defense. That leaves 269 snaps for the year and about 17 snaps per game. So combining the rest snaps for Quinn and Mack, you're looking at about 26 snaps per game without one or the other on the field. So looking at that, I believe it's pretty obvious just how important it is for the Bears to have someone behind them that can step in and play meaningful snaps. They don't need to be an ungodly player. Won't complain if they end up turning out to be one, but someone who can rack up some pressures, ideally some sacks along the way, is some is that person that we need to find here. So what are our options? Well, let's take a look at the next three players. You have Isaiah Irving, who is entering his fourth year now. In his previous three years, the former undrafted free agent has earned one total sack, four quarterback hits, and 11 total pressures. And that's on 285 defensive snaps. Then you have Barcavius Mingo entering his eighth year. He has two sacks and 13 total pressures over his last three years. But in 2017, he did have a season where he had 22 total pressures and two sacks. Still not convinced he's here to play meaningful snaps at outside linebacker personally. I mentioned that in the special teams show. But that is another option the Bears have here. And then you have Travis Gibson, this year's fifth-round pick out of Tulsa. Gibson, he's raw, but he's a really intriguing talent. Saw good production his last two seasons where he had 24 tackles for a loss, 12 sacks, sacks and seven forced fumbles. So, Nick, we have some other names that are a part of this equation, too, that we'll get to in just a bit. But just looking at these three, Irving, Mingo, Gibson, who do you like as that outside linebacker three on their roster I, if there are, if there is a guy here, and why so? Yeah, it's a tough one because a lot. Uh, look, you have a rookie here, and then you have Barkevis Mingo, who's been on I think six teams in the last eight years, and then Isaiah Irving, who's obviously been here, but he hasn't. Like you, you mentioned, you put up the stats there. Well, he hasn't done much with his time in Chicago, so I don't know if there's a clear favorite for the third spot, and that's what they're going to figure out in training camp in the preseason games, but. I think Barkevius Mingo is a guy that is intriguing. We all know he's a former first-round draft pick, but he does provide just a lot of versatility. You, I, in just a game that he played against the Bears in 2018 when he was with the Seahawks, uh, he lined up in a two-point stance on the left tackle, Was had his hand in the dirt against the right tackle, dropped back into coverage for another play in that same defensive series. So this versatility, I think, is going to help Barkevius Mingo possibly see the field if he's asked to actually be there and be that third guy but I think this this group obviously is not very exciting Travis Gibson we have to wait to see but that would be I think he's just a guy that would only he would see defensive snaps Travis Gibson if it's third and long situations and you obviously want to have Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn still on the field but if you're doing some kind of different package as well that's maybe where you could see him or if like one of them does take a breather you'd want to see a Travis Gibson because he does have that pass rushing ability and just talking with his defensive coordinator and he's going to have to make a transition to a stand-up rusher. He feels confident in doing so. And he said that third down and long situations is where he'll see the field. So like I said, it's not the most exciting group, but we, they don't need to be a big, a big focal point, right? They just need to get those snaps to be just do their job. I think when they're asked to actually play. And hopefully it's not too often, but like you said, Robert Quinn kind of getting up there in age, hasn't played obviously every single snap and it, with the Cowboys, he didn't. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting who actually earns that third spot. They just need to be able to do their job and that will, I think ultimately do it. 
For sure. Exactly. And there, like you said, there's no one right here right now that you can just point out and say, hey, this is the guy. And Nick, you're getting roasted in the chat because your mic's having a little bit of those popping issues with the, the volume. And I'm, I'll let everyone know, not Nick's microphone. It happened with his old one, too. It's a computer problem and it's a PC problem. Well, I mean, I had a different computer at the time, too. So it's a Skype it's unknown problem. It's unknown. <laughs> it's an unknown problem. Uh, that's the beauty of remote podcasting. You just never know. Uh, but I come in nice and clear, so I think everyone's thankful for that <laughs> at least. But all right, we do have three other players here in what we're calling our third tier for outside linebacker. You have James Vodders, last year's preseason standout, someone I was pretty adamant I wanted on that ro- active roster, that 53-man roster. Uh, he went back and forth last season between that active roster and the practice squad, played only minimal snaps. Then you have LaCale London. Peora, Illinois native London played his collegiate ball at Western Illinois University, uh, where he actually played defensive end. The Bears have him listed at linebacker, so it just appears that he'll be moving here. Finished his career with 7.5 sacks. And then you have Ladarius Mack, already a fan favorite, uh, which is easy because, of course, he's Khalil Mack's little brother. And I mean, how can you not like Nick? How can you not like a couple of Bears brothers? You know, just a couple <laughs> of Bears brothers. It's just to me. It just sounds right. I don't know. Just something about it just really it rings a bell. You understand? I think I get what you're saying there. Yeah, it's but honestly, how can you not like a couple of Bears brothers on this football team? Mac, he put together one of his best seasons last year in Buffalo. Seven sacks, eleven tackles for a loss, and of course, he's a hard working just like his brother, and Khalil Mack is also pushing Ladarius very hard uh, to get into shape and get football ready. And of course, I think he has a little bit of a leg up here just due to the familiarity he has uh, with the Bears' best defensive player. Cynic, out of these final three, who do you believe has the best chance of making the roster? Can James Vodder show enough or can Ladarius surprise some folks? I know uh, his sample size is small, but one would think Khalil would want to keep his brother around. And if Khalil wants it, it's going to happen. Yeah, that'll be an interesting dynamic uh, when it comes down to roster cuts and maybe Ladarius Mack is on, on the bubble there. How does that play out? I mean, that is Khalil Mack's you know, brother, so it'll be interesting. But I think the guy that realistically has the best shot, I have to go with James Vodders as that guy. Just Look, it's whoever can capitalize on those limited opportunities in the preseason games. And that's where we saw James Vodders kind of just blow up and just make a name for himself. And he got some snaps of limited. I, it wasn't very much in the regular season, but I think when you look at familiarity, just being with the team already, even though Mac, obviously Ladarius shares the same last name as his older brother, James Vodders has the upper edge out of these two guys. And I think that might be just enough with especially with this strange year we're having too, we're gonna have maybe a weird looking training camp and two maybe possibly two less preseason games. It could just be someone who's more familiar with how to go about. Uh, look, this NFL season, James Vodders might be the guy. So I'm if I had to put money on it, I'm going with James Vodders. But of course, I'm gonna root for Ladarius Mack. I mean, how can you not? Like you were saying, Will. But I think James Vodders may have the edge here. Exactly. We'll see how it all shakes out because actually it is now time to make some official roster predictions. So we'll see if you will put your mouth where your money is because you already said you would put money on it. But we'll start inside linebacker first uh, because we didn't do it for that segment. My apologies there. So for inside linebacker, uh, who is going to make this roster? How many got and who's it going to be? Yeah, so this was an interesting one for me just because I didn't really like those guys in the tier three there. So I'm, I just have four making it, and that's probably maybe one one not enough. I have, obviously, Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, and then I have Joel E.A. Buniwe and Josh Woods completing out the, the 2020 inside linebacker position. All right, I'm just going to co-sign that. I have nothing further to add. Those are the four. I wouldn't be surprised if Jones and Rashad Smith both make the practice squad, uh, just looking at how practice squads are usually shaped up in the past. Um, depending again, one of them can stand out. One of them may not. And you can poach people off uh, who get cut on final roster day as well. Um, but yeah, those are the four that make sense. And I do believe, uh, you kept some extra, an extra corner. So this makes sense why you would have to kind of prune here at the inside linebacker position. Now, moving to the outside linebacker, uh, I have five making it. I'm going first. Uh, I'm going to have Khalil Mack, 
surprisingly Robert Quinn. I don't know. Maybe it's the money. Maybe it's the production, but he's going to make this team. Uh, then I have Barkevius Mingo, Travis Gibson, and Ladarius Mack. And I know a lot of people have been saying, you don't want Mingo on this football team. There's no reason why he should be here. He should be someone that people jump him in training camp. And to me, that just makes no sense. He's someone who is a core special teams player no matter where he's gone. That's why they're bringing him here. You can look at Mingo really as your inside linebacker number five because he's just going to play special team snaps. And he may be on there for defense once in a while. But like you said, uh, someone like Gibson would be best suited to jump in there. So for me, I'm going with Matt Quinn, Mingo, Gibson, and Mac again. How about you? So I have a very similar list to you. Just the last one is different. So I obviously have Cleo Mack, Robert Quinn, Barkevius Mingo, Travis Gibson, and then I was just talking up James Vodders. I'm going to go with him. But that doesn't mean Ladarius Mack doesn't make the practice squad or something like that. But I think for 53, I have just James Vodders making it. And also going back when I was talking about maybe the Bears will play more nickel defense. Maybe you just want more those edge kind of guys to go out there because you're going to be taken out an inside guy. So uh, I think that would make sense for how this Bears roster could shape up. But yeah, I think I have to go back to Will. I have no idea how many guys I have making each of these positional shows. It might not even add up to 53. It probably doesn't. So we'll, we'll get that situated, though. Yeah, I figured that would be a different show altogether. We'll say, oh, we both had 65 players making the team, and <laughs> now it's time to actually uh, trim it down. But yeah, uh, James Vodder is tough. Um, obviously, he was someone I was very adamant with last year. If he stands out again in preseason, you'll see me flip on a dime on this one just because uh, you did see some flashes. Uh, it's just when he's out there in the regular season, it seemed like they just didn't trust him enough to go out there and actually play in a part of the rotation. Of course, this year is different, but it seems like you and I, Nick, are both kind of over the Isaiah Irving experiment. Yeah, I think just with Isaiah Irving, he's had his opportunities and yes, limited ones, but just hasn't capitalized on them. I think if you're going to have a guy be that third, fourth outside linebacker, Give someone else a shot at this point. I think we know what Isaiah Irving is. It's, it's not really much. He's a player that fills in when the guys obviously are tired, but you're not going to see him really do much with that position. So I think it's, you know, the Isaiah Irving experiment. It, it's time to be done there. Yeah, it was interesting and intriguing in his own right. Watch him bulk up. He made some progress, unless he makes a leap this year that you and I aren't expecting. I think he is a longer shot of making this roster. So, all right, let's go ahead and enter the final segment of the show, play some over-under, make some predictions for the 2020 Chicago Bears season. So, Nick, my first one for you, we're going to start with the outside linebackers, work our way back in. So, over-under, 12.5 sacks for Khalil Mack. That would be his highest, uh, that marks, that's tied with his highest as a Bear. So, are you going to go over or under 12.5? I'm going to go over the 12.5 there, Will. Now that you have Robert Quinn, we'll see how many times teams can double or triple team him this upcoming season. So I'll go over there. And I need a number. Over and what? So I wrote down here 14 to 16. And look, I know that sounds like a crazy number, but this is Cleo Mack. This is the second, first, second best defensive player in the league. He's capable of doing that. But that's why I put the range, 14 to 16. Can you just call it 15? Sure. Thank you. Uh, Because I'm going over and I have 14. So I didn't want that to overlap. So uh, that works for me. So yeah, I'm taking the over here. I'm going 14. Really expecting a big bounce back year here for Khalil Mack. Thank you, Robert Quinn. But speaking of Robert Quinn, over or under, I'm setting his sack total at 11. Remember, he had 11.5 last year in Dallas. Is he going to reach that or surpass that this year, Nick? I have the under on that one. I'm going to go 10 and a half sacks for, for Robert Quinn there. Is that what you, what are you laughing at, Will? Yeah, I took under. I took 10, though. I didn't bring the half into the equation, but we're both on the same page. I mean, I would love him to beat last year's number. I just think there are so many other people getting after the quarterback this year. Uh, and on top of that, it's just hard to sustain the success, especially when you're jumping into a new defense. Uh, that's why, but still... Both of these guys reaching double digits would just be music to my ears all season long if we can get there. All right, over under 150 pressures from the Bears outside linebackers. It was 141 last year. So I'm setting it at 150. You got to go over. I think, look, it's it's really the addition of Robert Quinn that changes the whole equation 
for the pass rush and how successful we think it's going to be for the Bears in 2020. So go over, um, put it at 160. All right. I'm actually taking the under on this one. I put it at 145. Uh, That's just because of the other thing that you're not thinking through, Nick, and that's less defensive snaps because the offense should hopefully be on the field just a little bit more. So for that reason, I'm taking the under, uh, but they should be there more consistently, which is what you're alluding to, which at the end of the day is what we're all believing should happen here. All right, moving on to the inside linebackers over under 140 total tackles for Roquan Smith. He had 121 as a rookie, and he was on pace for 134 last year. So I'm setting it at 140. I'm taking the over. I'm going 142, a real precise number there. But how about you, Nick? You know what? I'll go the under on that one. I had him pegged at 135 to 140, but he did get 101 tackles in 12 games. So you see how productive, and he's always around the football. But I'll go under on that one just by a little bit, though. Yes, I helped you out. I did the math. I divided 101, divided by 12, extrapolated that out to 16, which is the on pace for 134. So I helped you out. Just 10. Just a smidge. Awesome. Uh, Over under six sacks for the inside linebackers. Seven combined in 2018, only five last year, two of which were Nick Kwiatkowski. So I'm setting the over under at six. How goes it, Nick? We're going over or under? Man, it. I think it would just it would be over, but it's going to be six and a half. I look. We didn't see as much from Roquan Smith blitzing, but I think Chuck Pagano is going to experiment with that. Again, that's not to say if they get six and a half that it's an indictment on these two inside linebackers. There's just a lot of guys that are going to get after the quarterback this season. So six and a half. So I'll take the over on that. All right. I actually took the under at five and a half. So we're each on the opposite end here of this six. Uh, Just because, again, with the defensive line and the other guys crashing off the edge, uh, hopefully should not be nearly as needed. Um, But, of course, you're going to want to throw that at offenses from time to time. It's going to have to happen. I want it to happen. So I'll set it at five and a half. Although, if Roquan Smith just wants to get that by himself, I'm not going to complain about that either, Nick. All right, uh, over under 16 tackles for loss for Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith combined. Uh, 16 in 2018 is the mark that I'm looking at for you know a full 16 game season. Uh, so I'm setting it there. Uh, so for me, I'm going under at 15. I don't know why I just put under at 15, just because I'm assuming you may go over. Yeah, probably I I will go over just because if so. The big thing here, I think, if Trevathan can actually play a full season. And I, it's been very inconsistent, as we all know. So if he plays a full season, you'll see over. If he doesn't, you're definitely not going to see the, the tackles for loss happen this season. All right. Now, a couple true or falses for you, Nick. Uh, number one, true or false, Robert Quinn earns Pro Bowl honors for the first time since 2014. Oh, man, that's a tough one. There's a lot of good pass rushers just in the NFC alone. I'm going to go false, but he's definitely going to be right in the mix right there. All right, I'm going to go true. Uh, if you're going to have double-digit sacks and you're on a team that's in there for a good playoff run, you're going to get a lot of votes. And Bears fans, we vote in waves. And it's a popularity contest, so it should definitely help him get back. Uh, sticking with the Pro Bowl kind of theme here, true or false, Nick, the Bears could have three or more Pro Bowl linebackers, combining both inside and out. Man, that's, a, that's a, again, another tough one. Um, I try. Yeah, no, this is a, this is a good one. I'll go false. Um, that's a lot of Bears. Just that. And look, maybe you're factoring like Eddie Jackson gets a Pro Bowl. That's a lot of Bears players that could potentially make it for this upcoming season. I don't think we'll get three. So false. Okay. I wish I can say true. I hope need, no one plays in the Pro Bowl because, like Eddie Jackson said, he'd rather be preparing and playing in a Super Bowl. Uh, but three at uh, one position, technically two positions. I mean, Roquan can definitely get there. Cleo Mack could get there. I just said Robert Quinn's going to perhaps get there. So I have to say true just because the numbers add up. And Trevathan's done it before, too. So why the hell not? Let's go for it. Let's go true. Let's just really ride the the, the positivity train right now. But true or false, last one of these. Uh, uh, One of these linebackers will lead the league in an important statistical category. Looking at sacks, total tackles, quarterback pressures, quarterback hits. You get the idea here, Nick, but one of these guys that we've talked about today, from Roquan to Cleo Mack, Robert Quinn, Danny Trevathan, one of these guys will lead the league in some sort of important statistical category. So I think if we're going, look, Cleo Mack's been 
very consistent throughout his entire career with forcing fumbles. I think that is a category to where with Robert Quinn on the opposite side, limited op- or the one-on-one opportunities, he can be that guy that can lead the league and force fumbles. Um, doesn't necessarily have to recover them, but he'll lead the league and force fumbles this season. All right, there you go. I like it. I'm going to say true. I'm not going to choose which one. It just really helps me be correct here at the end of the year. Well, yeah, look. <laughs> Roquan Smith led for tackles for a loss. I told you so. So that'll work for me. Nick, what's going to be your bold prediction for linebackers? Uh, I figure we can just lump them all together for this one. Do you have a bold prediction for this group? You know, I have a bold prediction for the outside linebackers. So, And I have to thank Lester Wiltfong Jr. for the inspiration for this bold prediction. Lester was doing some research on an upcoming article and asked the question, when was the last time the Bears had two players with double-digit sacks? The answer was in 1993 with Richard Dent at 12 and a half and Trace Armstrong had 11 and a half. Um, so my bold prediction is that Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn will be the latest Bears duo to register double digit sacks in a season season. That was 27 years ago, which is crazy to think about. But these two guys are definitely capable of doing that. And just being on this defense, there's a lot of great players. This will be the first time in 27 years that the Bears will have two players with double digit sacks. I like that a lot. That's a fun one. Uh, kudos to Lester for that's a lot of digging to go year by year <laughs> by year just to find that. And he went back too many years that I you would think like Alex Brown, Adewale Agunlie, like those type of seasons, Julius Peppers, you would have had someone else that could have done yeah. it, but apparently not. So let's see if the Bears can do it. Uh, for me, I'm combining everyone. Uh, just like the three Pro Bowl numbers, I think that we'll get three defensive touchdowns from these four main players. Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, Danny Trevathan, and Roquan Smith. Uh, I don't care who the three are, but we'll get three defensive touchdowns from this core four of linebackers. So Nick, last but not least, we got to do some confidence meters. And we decided right before the show that we're going to split it into inside linebacker, outside linebacker. So starting inside What's your confidence meter for that position? Yeah, it's still a good question. I know we've talked about this before the podcast, but uh, for inside, if we're factoring, we have to factor in the depth behind these two guys, but I would say looking at what we're expecting from Roquan Smith and if Dan Trevathan can remain healthy, it's a good inside linebacker duo. I'll give this an 8.7. And then you look at the depth behind it. We don't know. We just don't know about those guys. So 8.7 for the inside linebackers. Okay. For myself, going with a 9.2 starting caliber, it's top notch. uh, But the depth concerns is really what gets me. I think 9.2, as soon as I think about the depth, feels a little high. I'll drop it to a 9.0. So a flat 9. Uh, just because I'm talking myself out of it right now on the show. Um, But we have no idea who's going to be this inside linebacker three. We don't have a Nick Kwiatkowski here. We don't have a Kevin Pierre-Lewis. We know Danny Trevathan has only had one full, complete season uh, played in his time here in Chicago. So that's... Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cashback one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. It's a big concern. And so from that standpoint, it drops a little bit. But at the end of the day, if these two guys, Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan, stay healthy, I would choose them uh, each and every day to be my two starting inside linebackers in this team. So a lot of confidence in them on the field. Just got to keep them there. And who knows how this depth will shake out behind it. But moving to the outside, Nick, what's going to be your confidence meter here? Because weirdly enough, it's an identical situation. You have two high-level caliber players starting And then behind it, it's just question mark after question mark after question mark. So what's going to be your confidence meter for the outside guys? Yeah, and what we also got to factor in is like how many other teams are very confident in their third, fourth string outside linebacker being a productive player? Probably not a lot. That's why they are backups. But you look at Robert Quinn, you look at Cleo Mack, and I just see that transition from a 4-3 defensive end to a 3-4 outside linebacker working here in Chicago because it has to. He wouldn't be here if he didn't think it would. But you have 
Khalil Mack and a high caliber Robert Quinn. I have to give this. I don't know what I gave my highest grade previous to this is, but this has to be 9.8, 9.9. And, and I know the depth. I, I get that. But you, those two starters are going to be the ones primarily making plays for this team and primarily on the field. And they're going to be productive doing so. So I'm very confident that they're going to be able to wreak havoc on quarterbacks this season. So I'll I'll finish it off at a 9.8. Okay. Uh, just for all those reasons, again, very identical, the inside guys, but a little bit differently here is uh, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn have proven they can stay healthy. And I think that's really why this one goes up a couple of notches. I'm sitting here at a 9.5. And that's, to me, a really strong number for them. Again, Cleo Mack, we should be able to see him play at the highest level that he's been able to here in Chicago, uh, just due to everything that Robert Quinn brings to the table. Just a big question that if it gets answered, and I hope it does uh, throughout preseason, training camp, early on this year, if we can have that third guy who can be impactful, this can easily move up to a 10, and this Bears defense just gets so much more scary because if you can give Khalil Mack an extra breather, Robert Quinn a breather, and then you have that guy come in and is able to just be someone that offenses can't sleep on, oh, man, that just makes this entire thing so much more dangerous. So for me, 9.5 now, but if they can find that guy, if someone on this team can develop into that role uh, to the degree that I think they need to, this defense in this position uh, just goes up a couple of notches. All right, Nick, any final thoughts? That was a lot to get through. I'm surprised we did it in about a little over an hour. I'm really proud of ourselves for doing that because uh, I was a little worried this could be end up uh, about a two-hour show. <laughs> so we're able to cut that in half, still providing some quality insight uh, throughout all these positions, all of these players. Any final thoughts? You know, I'm just really excited to see this pass rush back again for the 2020 season because the Bears have the personnel to do so and it's going to be fun to watch and then we, we talked about the secondary already it's going to be fun to just see this defense come together and obviously we have another one more position on the defensive side to get to but this is going to be exciting to watch for sure absolutely agreed uh, we have one more position to talk about in this defense uh we'll get to who that is in a minute unless you're have really good deduction skills i'm sure you can figure that one out by a process of elimination but bears fans that's going to do it. I want to thank you all for hanging out with us for another episode. I hope that you feel more prepared for training camp when it comes to the Bears linebackers, uh, both the inside guys as well as the outside. A quick reminder to help support the show. If you want to shout out on our next episode and want to support the Chicago Audible's future, just leave a small $5 donation on Venmo at the Chicago Audible or on PayPal by going to chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. We really do appreciate the assistance offsetting some of the costs that it takes to run our show and, of course, our website. And to make sure, uh, on top of that, to enter yourself for our free Bears jersey giveaway by leaving a review of our show on Apple Podcasts, I checked a couple hours ago and only four away of our goal of 600. Remember, leaving a review also helps us get in front of more Bears fans just like you, so it really does go a long way, and we really do appreciate it. Hence why every time we reach a 100 mark, we give out a free Bears jersey, which also is an out-of-pocket cost, but this one's okay. It's our appreciation to you. And on top of that, make sure to spread the word and let your friends and family know about our show and let them know why they should give us a try. We'll be back next week as we're set to wrap up the defense by taking a deep dive into the Bears defensive line. What will a healthy Akeem Hicks provide this team in 2020? Will Eddie Goldman continue to fly under the radar? And if so, is that a good thing? Can Bilal Nichols finally break out? We'll answer those questions and much more next time. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7, with supplies and solutions for every industry, and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.